0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Mental Health Coffee Time. This is your host, Nina, and we also have Andrew uh, on the line as well. Today's topic will be depression, which is a topic that has been very close and personal to the both of us and is really at the core of mental health. Uh, Andrew, I just wanted to start off by asking you, what is the role that depression has played in your life and how do you see depression impacting your mental health today?
1: Thanks, Nina. That's a really, I think that's a great way to start and a really good question. I think in my life, depression has been something that I've dealt with more recently. Uh, I think growing up, I was always more anxious and maybe more towards the manic end of the spectrum. But depression has been really something that I've been struggling with recently. I think one of the main things that has caused it has been the pandemic for sure. Uh, Just being locked up at home like everyone else. And not being able to do any of the things that I used to do to make myself happy, like going out to classical music concerts or going out to dinner and seeing friends, I think has really, really taken a toll on my mental health. Um, And I think in addition to that, one of the other things that I've been struggling with that has contributed to the depression has been uh, just dealing with my new job that I started here in San Francisco that I think I've talked about uh, a little bit on this podcast as well. But it's not a job that I really have enjoyed, to say the least. And so I think kind of coming to terms with the fact that I worked really hard to get this job, and now that I'm doing it, I don't like it, and it's really something that erodes my spirit, is how I feel, has made me feel pretty depressed in the last couple of months. Today, uh, maybe in the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been too bad, but it's definitely been a feeling that has crept up on me a lot recently, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to go more into it, and kind of talk about at least for me what the main contributors to maybe feeling depressed are because I think it's separate Mm -hmm. from feeling sad or feeling like I don't like a certain situation I think it comes more from feeling trapped but I think I'll just leave it off there for now and we can dive in a little bit more as the podcast continues but to kick it back to you what about you what kind of role has depression played in your life and how do you Mm. see it as a part of your life now?
0: Yeah, thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. Um, I think in some ways we're a little flipped. So I think while uh, anxiety is actually something that I've struggled with more recently, I would say especially over the past uh, one to two years, depression is something that I've really dealt with uh, throughout my entire life. Um, and so like as I mentioned in my blog post, the first time that I felt depressed was actually in the sixth grade. So very young, I think I had a lot of depressive thoughts and feelings. Um, In sixth grade, I think it manifested as like thoughts about feeling like life was uh, not meaningful, like feeling that I was worthless, feeling that um, there wasn't any hope uh, for the future. And I think those were like the initial thoughts um, that I had in the sixth grade. And as I got older, the depression really never left. I think it was something that kind of went away temporarily when – Either things were going well in life or I was distracted either by like school or by relationships, Um, but it was something that continually kept creeping back and I can remember very distinctly um, a couple periods of time in high school during my freshman year and then during my senior year of high school where I felt particularly depressed Um, and then going into college uh, once again I think I felt very depressed uh, during parts of my sophomore year as well as during my junior year. Um, And it was only after I really started going to therapy during my junior year um, that really helped me in terms of kind of healing from my lifelong depression. And I think um, that has been maybe the most pivotal thing in helping me become less depressed over time. Um, So, yeah, I think that was just a quick overview. Um, But... You know, just to summarize, I think depression has been a really constant factor in my life. Um, even though right now, I would actually say that it has been better for the past uh, two years, two to three years. Um, but it is something that I like, continually struggle with, and uh, continue have to manage uh, those depressive thoughts.
1: One of the things so, that you, yeah, ha- yeah, one of the things mm-hmm. that you brought up that I found really interesting was I said that I used to feel more anxious. Recently, I've been feeling more depressed. But you said you you were the opposite. You actually felt more depressed when you were young. And now Mm -hmm. you've kind of moved into feeling anxious. What do you think has caused that switch? Because I think it's such a change of mentality, at least for me. It was was kind of a life-changing moment, I think, when that happened. And it really required a change of perspective of my life and how I viewed my position in my life and my agency. So for you, what was the change that made you go from feeling mm. more depressed to feeling more anxious.
0: Yeah, I think maybe before I go into that, I want to say that I think depression and anxiety are very closely related. I mm-hmm. think like they, you know, it's a, there's a reason why most uh mental health professionals um maybe speak of them in the same breath of depression and anxiety. So like for instance, there have been many times in my life where um typically actually it's the anxiety that precipitates the depression, um even though the depression becomes more prominent. So for instance, um, like during uh, my junior year, I started by feeling very anxious about sleep and I think that just precipitated depression. And um, like more recently, I had uh, a very bad experience with anxiety in October and I think that precipitated, you know, a week of feeling very depressed. I think, you know, the brain chemicals when you're anxious, they release a lot of cortisol in your system that really drains you and can can kind of uh, precipitate the depression. But that being said, I think, you know, as you mentioned, there are like differences and it's interesting in terms of which emotion is maybe the most profound or the most lasting. The other emotion can often be kind of like a symptom or like a sub emotion to the other one. So like I've noticed while I used to be depressed all the time, I would often experience anxiety and now even when I'm, I'm, I'm mostly anxious, but I sometimes experience depression. So it's one is usually more prominent than the other. For me, I would Mm -hmm. say the shift happened because before my depression, I think it was very much based in like this negative self-talk as well as this negative image of myself and I think a lack of meaning and direction in life. I think that was what really caused depression for me. Um, And I think through therapy and through also just a couple close friendships that I had, um especially my summer of my junior year I think I really was able to um first of all uh discover a sense of self-esteem and uh overcome some of that negative self-talk towards myself and uh also try to find a more find more direction and purpose um, and meaning in my life so I think those two things together actually really helped me combat my depression and now when I have like depressive thoughts uh i'm able to push back on them more easily versus with anxiety i'm not able to do so um so does that yeah does that resonate with you did you experience something similar maybe like the opposite
1: it does and i i think you actually hit on it in one of your last points about finding meaning and direction in your life and how that has been transformative in in terms of alleviating the depression i think for me as i mentioned i've I've been feeling very depressed recently due to COVID and my job. And I think both things have taken away the meaning from my life. Mm -hmm. So COVID, like I said, it prevented me from doing any of the things that I typically derive meaning from, like going to see friends or going out and like watching movies, just like anything social, which is where I, even today, I still think we were actually just talking about this uh, prior to filming this podcast. But I was saying that even, I think... For me, one of the main things that gives my life value is connecting with people and understanding people. And it's just something that I love to do. And so COVID has taken away that ability. And so I think that was a key pillar of meaning in my life that has fallen recently. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that was driving me was this feeling that I needed to succeed in finance and to do well and find a good job and earn a lot of money and kind of just check a whole slurry of like these success in career boxes. And I feel like, and I don't mean this in, uh, I really don't mean this in a bragging way, but I feel like I've achieved my dreams, honestly. Um, Like my previous job was my dream job out of college, and I didn't even expect to get that. So even to move on from that and get a job in private equity at a firm that I thought was relatively prestigious was really the icing on the cake. And I feel like I've really achieved all of my goals in that perspective. And so I think that pillar of meaning fell too because I was able to achieve all the goals that I wanted to. And it honestly led me to be in a a bad position where I was in a very toxic work environment. I was working a lot, like not sleeping, very, very stressed out. Um, People were mean to me at work all the time and still are. These, These are all very present things. And so it, made me feel like there was no light at the end of the tunnel anymore because the things that I had been working for up until that moment lost their value and their meaning um, when, when, I re- when, I, when I saw what they looked like up close. Um, mm-hmm. I think recently, maybe it has changed a little bit. I feel like I've come out of that depression because I've kind of created a new meaning for myself or a new goal. And it's funny because... This is actually like the least goal oriented goal that I've ever had. But my new goal is actually just to work at my job for as long as I can stand it. And hopefully by the time that uh, by, by the time I feel like I can't handle it anymore, COVID's also over. And so I can go travel and kind of explore a little bit, but I'm just going to take some time off. And I've been really looking forward to that because I think in my life, I haven't had the opportunity to slow down. I was always fueled by a sense of mania or anxiety in my life um, that I wasn't good enough or whatever. Um, And I'm really excited to kind of let go of that. And so that's my new light at the end of the tunnel is really just taking some time off and doing the opposite of what I've always done, which is run furiously towards a goal without really thinking about it and do the complete opposite, which is don't run towards any goal and think very carefully about kind of what goal I want to... Go towards before going towards it and so that has been Mm -hmm. really instrumental for me i think i think i really resonated with your point about meaning as a solution to depression because it's been huge for me
0: yeah that i think you know i i think that meaning is really just um at the cornerstone of depression like i think for me you know in high school i think i had a lot of depressive thoughts But whenever I like look at what, when my depression peaked, it was always times in which I felt there was a lack of meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, uh, even in sixth grade, a couple of my best friends had just moved away. Um, And I think, you know, as a child, I think I derived a lot of meaning from that. And I was was just really struggling with coming out of childhood and into adolescence. And I think that created a crisis of meaning and, you know, moving forward and In senior year of high school, you know, I didn't actually experience depression up until I submitted all of my college apps. And then I was Mm -hmm. just kind of like, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm lost and drifting and I'm still unhappy. Um, And that triggered, you know, bad depression. And, you know, and then finally my junior year, that was really like the the worst depression. I think it was because my whole life I had kind of, you know, set these pillars of success, as you call them. And so for me, those were... Um, You know, get into a good university. And I got into like my dream school. And so, similar to how you got your dream job, I also got into my dream school, uh, which was, you know, a school that I never thought I could get into. And then, even when I was at the school, I was like, okay, now I need to get a job, you know, in finance and investment banking, and I have to be successful. And I did. I I got a job uh, in investment banking as a sophomore, which is something that, you know, most people don't do. And I was really like setting myself up for success like i i i knew that there was a path for me where i could follow a path and and maybe be you know get a job that would put me at like the top percentile of the students at my school for the next summer and really just you know i'll I'll fast track to prestige essentially but i think this was the the year where i really just had so much self-doubt and questioning i realized that this is not what i wanted and that uh I, i i didn't think that this would make me happy and so that pillar fell and with that pillar fell you know my years of hard work my years of motivation Um, and I really really struggled to find something after that and finally I think I have found something Um, I think we talked about this in our hunger podcast but now I think it's really a motivation about running towards something rather than running away and I think what drives me now is just to experience life um in all of the sadness and all of the unhappiness but also all of the beauty and to express my curiosity to I think I'm a very curious person and I love to learn and um I love to you know express myself uh artistically and also by learning things and also to like give back to the world and make it a better place whether it's through donations um you know this mental health initiative or just in my interactions with others and um, in the social work that I support um, or even through my work so I think I, I found these other things in life that really have given my life meaning um, that has really helped keep the depression away but I really resonate with what you said about not setting a goal and just exploring for a time period because I think that's really what I did as a junior in my junior year like I didn't I, I didn't recruit for jobs at all even though it was like a big thing to do that uh in my school for that year I didn't even, you know, take a difficult course load. I was just lost and drifting and I think I was very depressed, but in reality I don't think I needed to be. I think maybe I needed that period of time to just figure out what I wanted to do, to drift and to be um, you know, not not very goal goal oriented and then eventually something will come from that and like uh then you can move towards that. And so for me that was computer science and for you I think it'll be something different, but I think um, you know Allowing yourself that time and that space is so, so important to make sure that you're going towards something that really feels true to yourself.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it makes me remember or think of so many times in therapy with my, my previous therapist in New York, there would be times where we would just sit silently for a second because I couldn't think of anything to say. And maybe to give you some context and to give our listeners some, some context, when I first started going to therapy... I would recite what I would say to my therapist in my head prior to going. Like, I would rehearse the things that I would say. <laughs> because even to my therapist, I wanted to come off as, like, really polished. And, like, I knew what I was talking about. And just have these, like, perfect answers prepared. And there were times in, in therapy in, in, with my m- more re- m- most recent ex-therapist in New York where we would just sit silently for a second... And I wouldn't be able to think of anything to say because I didn't prepare for that moment or something. And she would just allow us to be silent and say something to the effect of, well, what, what do you, where does your mind go now? Like, what are you thinking of now? In the moments of silence yeah. and peace, when, when I'm not running towards something else or reciting something in my head, just to see what comes up, just to see where my mind is going. And maybe really just to understand what my subconscious is trying to say to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of spirit that I want to go into the next chapter of my life with I don't want to be so goal oriented in the in the traditional sense of like setting a very particular goal to get a job and this whatever and like do the XYZ thing to be successful. like I really don't want to do that anymore because I think that those are just thoughts that are drowning out what I really want to do um, and, and who I really want to be underneath all of that. Those are just thoughts that mm-hmm. other people have put into my head that I've kind of recited to myself over and over. But, And you know what? Maybe I, I've honestly thought of this. You may be underneath it all. This is actually what I want to do. But that that's great, you know? Like, I would love to come back to this industry with a sense of conviction and to feel like, you know what? This is really what I want to do. That's such mm-hmm. an okay outcome for me. Like, I would love that. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like I need to leave this industry. It's just that I don't, I feel, like, like you said, your junior year, I feel lost and confused about what I want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other thing that I think that you touched on that I thought was really, really amazing was talking about how depression came for you after the college applications, after you got into college, after you've achieved the goals that you've wanted to. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been the exact same thing. I remember the first time that I felt this way was actually, incidentally, it was also my sophomore year of college because I had landed in an investment banking internship for that summer as well, which like you said, was really rare. And it like, I thought it's funny that you, you framed it in that way because I thought about it the exact same way. I was like, Oh, you know what? This puts me in the top X, Y, Z percentile of my, my school. Like I I can count on, like, I know exactly how many people got investment banking internships in their sophomore year. Like, and I'm one of them now. So that puts me in the X, Y, Z percent. Like I w that's exactly how I thought about it. And I was probably happy for like a day or two. But then it came crashing down so hard I felt so 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 depressed after I landed that internship because it was a goal that I had wanted to achieve so badly and after I had achieved it, I kind of just didn't care about it very much anymore. I think it was more about achieving that goal than necessarily what it would mean, which was working and invest in banking. It wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to do at the time and I think even then I knew it. But what was interesting for me was at that time I came out of that depression really quickly because I studied abroad the semester right after mm-hmm. my sophomore spring and studying abroad I think was just so restorative at that time because it was a time when I could just be exploratory and not be so goal oriented because I had this internship that was uh, that was already uh, lined up for the summer and so as I reflect on it now, I think that being exploratory is probably the best thing that I can do and kind of just taking a break because it really is a very similar situation in which I had achieved this goal that I had been working up to for so many years or months of my life. And it's not really what I wanted it to be. And so I think now is the perfect time to take a step back and explore my options and and just float around for a bit and and be more go with the flow and 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 just see what happens
0: yeah i i think for me um it's is i i think it's tough to say like exploration is always good exploration is always um always helps to alleviate depression i think exploration which is intentional and meaningful um helps alleviate depression. And actually that's like what my therapist told me when um when we first like I first went to her as a junior. I was just telling her just like you feel right now. I was just telling her, you know, I feel so lost. Like I'm so lost. I would I just kept repeating that phrase. And she said, "You know, why don't you just allow yourself to be lost? Like just accept like you are lost. It's okay." And that was a little like revolutionary to me, the idea that you can be lost. And I think that kind of exploration where you just allow yourself to lo- be lost and explore is very freeing and very happy um and i think probably that's what you experience in 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 your time in abroad uh, as, a, as a sophomore however i think sometimes like especially with travel or these new experiences i think they can sometimes uh distract you from your depression if that makes sense uh like so for instance. Uh, for instance, I went to, like, after my sophomore year, you know, I was very depressed that year as well. In the first semester, I had experienced, you know, a personal loss. Um, and then my second semester, I, you know, spent a lot of time just, like, partying. I, I went to, like, I had so many new experiences in terms of where I went to, the cities I went to, the people I hung out with. Um, I took a trip to Israel. I went to India um and you know it was my first summer in new york and i had so many um, you know new memories and it, it was actually a fun time in that moment and i'm very glad that i had it but when i retrospect i think that i was just running away from my problems and so i think that exploration is good as long as you're truly exploring and not running away because i think that's the thing with depression is it always comes back and you know, what you what we've talked about, about how when you lack meaning, you become depressed or how, you know, for you, when you do a job that's kind of incongruent with yourself, you become depressed. I actually want to take it even like one step further. I think that depression really comes when you're being incongruent with yourself and when you're not recognizing what you need over a long period of time or ignoring it. So I think that's, you know, I watched the movie Inside Out and I think, you know, in Inside Out, the girl... Uh, forgets how to be sad and because she can never mourn um, you know coming to a new school or losing her friends behind she becomes depressed and I think that really resonates with me too I think if you know there's a there's a healthy range of human emotions like sadness loss happiness I think depression comes from when you ignore those emotions so so for instance like For me um, in finance like when I also did finance I began to feel depressed too because I was ignoring like all of those emotions that were happening before the depression which were basically telling me like hey this is not a good job for me and then by the time you know I was you know really in finance I started to feel you know very depressed and I realized it was because of the lack of acknowledging and following my feelings um, at that time so I wonder for you, Andrew, like, have you thought about this idea of like being about depression as well as being incongruent with your your feelings and your emotions? Like, how have you thought about it? Because the more and more I think about it, I think one of the best ways to uh, to heal depression or to deal with depression is to always um, deal with your emotions as they come, deal with your feelings as they come and don't run away from it. And I think that's, for instance, why therapy is so helpful.
1: I completely agree with you. It actually is, it's interesting that you brought it up Inside Out because I wasn't thinking about this at the time, but in my last therapy session, we were talking about my emotions as kind of these split selves. Um, and so the, one of the concepts that I would always come back to is the idea of like the child part of me. And another part of me that I was talking about was more of this like demanding bully part of me that uh had certain that that was very demanding like almost like a tiger mom and would always say to the child like you need to suck it up like why are you feeling sad right now like don't you understand we have to go work or do something like your your emotions are taking up too much space like we don't have time for this That like that kind of rhetoric and i think that for me at least i've realized that what has also made me depressed is when that bully yells at the child and I think that's pretty similar uh-huh. to what you are saying about kind of denying these emotions or shoving them under the rug. I think that so much of depression for me has also come from not owning up to how I feel about certain things or trying to pretend like certain emotions don't exist because they're inconvenient. For example, yeah. like the fact that I feel sad, anxious, and stressed out in my job is extremely inconvenient for I like, career progression, for, like, my financial safety. It's, like, these are, ex- it's extremely inconvenient, right? And so the bully yells at the child part of me that's feeling scared or sad or neglected, and I think that makes the child just recoil into himself and it, it becomes depression instead, which is a much, much, much worse and darker feeling than... Mm-hmm. than feeling, you know, the, like those other emotions that are more at the surface. I think maybe to even mm-hmm. take it a step further, now that I think about it, I almost feel like depression for me is a jumble of a lot of negative emotions with no reason. And maybe, yeah. And that's even how people describe depression, right? They say it's different from feeling sad because when you're sad, you can pinpoint why you're sad. But when you're depressed, you can't pinpoint why you're depressed because it's been buried sometimes intentionally yeah right like I've I was the exactly. one who put it in a deep dark box like hidden in an attic somewhere where I tried to forget about it and I forgot where it was but it continues to haunt me and that's that's what depression has been for me something that you brought up um in in your last point though I wanted to go back to which is about running away from your feelings and kind of how you shouldn't do that to solve your depression I think I agree with you, but I, I also want to push back a little bit because I think sometimes running, a, like, if your life wasn't problematic, you wouldn't need to run away. And sometimes running away, I think, may give you the space to think more clearly about your problems. Sometimes distance is good. Mm-hmm. But I guess I, I guess I agree with you in the sense that, like, I, for example, in your blog post, you, you talked about dating someone to kind of run away or distract yourself from the depression... And maybe it wasn't a sustainable coping mechanism, uh, which I totally agree with. Or I think uh, like other people may turn to drugs or like partying and things like that. I certainly have in the past as well to kind of cope with negative emotions. Um, and and I think that is not the productive type of running away, but sometimes I I, I think like more literally speaking, running away or getting away from a situation is actually can actually Mm -hmm. be very helpful. What are your thoughts?
0: yeah I, I think there's maybe a distinction i think make, getting space from a situation is very helpful so for instance whether that's like quitting your job taking a trip like moving into a new moving to a new city uh those are all i think can be helpful i think the issue comes when you just depend only on that and don't take the other steps to address your feelings so for instance like. During, you know, after I graduated college, I um, moved back to California, but actually I moved to a different area of the Bay and I didn't really see any of my old friends or my family at all. And I was honestly running away from a lot of problems that I had buried deep inside me. I really was due to go to therapy and explore some of, you know, my issues. Um, But instead of that, I was literally running away by being in like a new city far away from my friends, far away from my family. Um, not talking to either of them, or my not my old friends, not my old family very much uh, or my, my family very much. And so I think that was counterproductive. So my issue with running away isn't with getting space from a situation. I think it's more once you get the space, not taking the time to process your emotions after that. And so like, you know, it's as you said before, like depression really is about you know, it's 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 kind of like sadness gone unacknowledged. As you said, like when you're sad, you can pinpoint, okay, this is this is the skeleton that's making me sad, like the skeleton in my closet. But with depression, you've literally like hacked up all the skeletons and put them in an attic and jumbled them all together, and now you have no idea like what it is that's making you sad and making you upset. And the only way to really get past of that is to slowly dig out all of the skeletons and try to piece them together and like create a story of what hurt you in the past and what's impacting you now and that's the way to move forward so i think while getting space is very helpful in order to get get you ready for that process eventually you just have to do the hard work of of digging the skeletons out you know so that's kind of how i see it um How do you see it? Like, Does that resonate with you or do you still see it a little bit differently, Andrew?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's important to, at least for me, I think it it has been important to draw that line between getting space and running away because sometimes it's both. Sometimes running away gives you space. For example, when I went to college, I was running away from a lot of problems, like like you said, uh, in my personal life, uh, like the feelings that I... That I, that I had with my parents and my family, for example, or even the identity that I had taken on when I was younger. I was running away from that self who maybe wasn't able to speak up for himself or have self-esteem or, you know, like I, I don't think I embodied the things that I wanted to be when I was younger. And so I was kind of running away from that self and that undesirable past. But at the same time, I think, In the running away, I was able to get space, like being in New York, all on my own, kind of exploring what I wanted to do in my own definitions of like success and doing like basically just being able to do what I wanted to do was really productive in the end. And it helped me reevaluate my relationship with myself. For example, I don't think that I would have necessarily started going to therapy if I, I, if I wasn't in New York or even in Prague. I started yeah. going to therapy when I was in Prague, like, extremely far away from these problems because I think it was overwhelming to me when it was, like, geographically closer. And yeah. so I think, it's, I think it's hard, and I, I think running away has such a bad rap. I think, especially in movies and media, we always see, like, people get shamed for running away from their problems. But sometimes... That's just what people need. That That's certainly what I have needed in my past was just to get distance. And yeah. I think to, to many people it can seem cowardly or like I'm not solving the problem, but sometimes, like at least for me, I, I, I didn't have the strength to solve the problem right there and then, and I needed to recuperate by, quote, running away. So I think yeah. I, I, I do agree with you. I think that if you can... Solve your problems head on. You should absolutely do that. But at the same time, it's really difficult to – it can be really difficult to. And so mm-hmm. that's just something that I would keep in mind.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That that really makes sense. I mean, I, I definitely think that getting space um, is important. Like, I actually don't think I would have gotten help either if I hadn't like maybe if my problems hadn't manifested in so many different areas, like if I hadn't gone to space and gone to Philadelphia and had all these issues and then gone to New York and still had issues and then come back to California and then work, uh, I mean, working in tech and still have issues. I think, you know, if I didn't have all of these like reoccurring um, issues in, in various aspects of my life, I don't think that I would have um, sought help. So I think that, you know, uh getting space is very helpful in terms of just getting more context on your problems um just like segueing a little bit I think we've touched on this you know at numerous points in the podcast but how has your relationship to self-esteem impacted your experience of depression because for me they've been very related I think when I have low self-esteem I've experienced very profound and bad depression but when my self-esteem is higher I feel um like I'm able to kind of keep depression a little bit more, you know, at bay. So I was wondering what has the experience been like for you and like what the relationship between self-esteem and depression is like for you?
1: That's a great question. I think they're intimately related. I think that probably goes without saying for every single person that's experienced depression. I think it's probably very difficult to feel depressed if you don't feel very bad about yourself as a person and like feel like you have very low self-esteem. I think recently – in particular it's been difficult for me because i feel like i've had low self-esteem recently again because of losing meaning Mm -hmm. and maybe those things go together right like the fact that i felt like i wasn't living a meaningful life in the sense that i wasn't going out and doing the things that i wanted to do or working in a job that didn't satisfy me uh or or made me feel bad about myself like i think those things probably led to me having low self-esteem too um because i wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to do and I gave up a sense of agency too, which I think again is probably closely related to self-esteem mm-hmm. so I to answer your question the, those things are definitely very very intimately related I think for me and, and this is something that we've talked about too the, the the reason that taking a break and kind of doing nothing for a while is actually has actually been a really good cure for my depression is that I think it boosts my self esteem to have that kind of thinking. I think when I told myself well, you have to stay in this job because you might not be able to find a better one, that was not self affirming di- like self talk at all. That's actually self deprecating self talk. Mm-hmm. That's basically me saying to myself like I don't trust you. You need to stay in this job because it's the best that you can do, even though it sucks for you. Um, and it was that that's that, that's been very negative. Versus on the other side, like, taking some time off just to explore whatever mm-hmm. is positive self-talk. It's saying, like, you know what? I believe in you. You don't need this job. You can just take some time and think about it. And I'm sure you'll be able to do well because you are someone who can pull it together if you have to. Which just been mm-hmm. so much more affirming. And so I think that those things are they're, – they're, they're perfectly correlated almost, I think, mm-hmm. when I have low self-esteem – I feel depressed because I feel maybe helpless and trapped, which is reinforced by the low self-esteem. And then it it kind of just feeds into itself into a bad cycle. What about for you? How have you seen those two Mm -hmm. linked in your past?
0: Yeah, I think they're very closely related, as you mentioned. I think it's interesting that you talk about how, like, when you take time off, it's actually improving your self-esteem. Because it is. It's, It's very validating to say, like, okay, you know, I deserve some time to take off. Um, and step back from this goal, which is not making me happy, and it kind of that is it creates like a positive feedback loop of improving your self esteem. Um, for me, I think it was a little bit more like I think I always had a very low image of myself, and I think I always thought that I was worthless or that I lacked. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just very much lacked a feeling of self worth. I thought that I was like damaged in some way. Uh, I really believed that there was something wrong with me. And uh, that was something that I was really grappled with my first therapist. And I remember, like, we used to talk so long about self-worth and I, I just couldn't understand how I was not damaged, if that makes sense. Like, I it was such a deeply ingrained belief. Um, I think what has really helped is that I realized um, – and maybe this is getting very philosophical, but I really thought about, like, you know, what even is self-esteem? Like, what even is self-worth? Like, we're all just humans, you know? We're all just alive. Um, and so, like, nobody really has uh, worth more than anybody else, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember, like, very much, very clearly talking to one of my friends uh, during my junior year. And she was like, you know, does a tree have self-worth? And she- I was like, no, a tree doesn't, you know, you don't, you don't sit around being like, oh, which tree is more worthy of being a tree than another tree, and then she was like, then why do you compare yourself to other people, Um, and it just really, like, took a while to sink in, but then I started to realize that there is no real concept of worth, that we're all just people um, living our lives, and, and, you know, uh, just trying to, you know, get by in this world, and so, I think that really helped in terms of just putting perspective and realizing that, you know, um, nobody's really worse or better than anybody else. You know, we're all just having in this experience of life together. And uh, so I think that was one major thing. And then I think along with that, um, another thing was uh, just living a life that I felt was in accordance with my values. So I think um, as I mentioned before, I think I found, you know, other meaning in life. Uh, so, for instance, curiosity or giving back to my community or learning new things or, you know, being kind in interpersonal relationships. And I think all of those things, like when I think but now, for instance, when I start to doubt my self-worth in certain areas, like say I don't get a job that I want or I don't get a promotion that I want or somebody doesn't like me. I remind myself about like what my core values are and what I really care about in life, and then I remind myself that I am, you know, working towards those things. Um, and those are not things that you know other people have told me or that you know society has told me. Those are things that I personally think bring my life value. So I think um, those maybe are the two things. One is really realizing that there is no concept of self worth. Like it's you know it's a fictional concept made up in your own mind and we're all just people and that we have to you know find our own things to give get give and get value from and then secondly finding some things to you know get value from in life and try to honestly work towards them and so you know that way so for instance like you know this year when I look back on this year I'll be like you know at least I took steps towards um the goals which I thought were important and I think that raises my self-esteem Um, And and again, like every time I feel stronger, a stronger sense of self, I think I experience much less depression because all the negative thoughts in depression, a lot of them really just center around self-hatred, like low self-talk, like low self-esteem. That's really at their core because if you didn't attribute it to yourself, you wouldn't be depressed. You would say like, okay, I'm in a difficult time, I'm in a difficult situation but you know i'm gonna get through it but it's kind of when you turn them on yourself that the depression really sinks in it comes from that hatred towards yourself so um yeah i would say they're very closely closely linked does that make sense to you andrew
1: yeah it does and i actually love that you brought up the tree example because as soon as you started talking about self-esteem and so forth i remember you actually telling me about the tree when we were in college um, and it's something that really has stuck with me to this day. Something that I think about not infrequently is about the tree. You, I, I think what you said exactly was something along the lines of, is a tree perfect or imperfect? Like the way that its branches grows, is that, is that a mistake? Or is one tree better than another tree? Exactly. And the answer is no. And it, it makes me actually think of, I've been, this is just like a random tangent maybe, but I've been watching videos on YouTube related to bonsai trees. Um, because the algorithm just like suggested it and it was indeed interesting to me but even like the way that bonsai masters think about these trees is not like oh it needs to be xyz shape i'm going to force it into this shape they always say like okay this tree is just what it is i can mold its branches into this way because it's already growing in that direction or like i like what it's doing here let's emphasize that or like trim this part and i think that's Like, even in something as controlling as bonsai, where, like, you're taking, like, a tree that's supposed to be, like, 50 feet tall and turning it into, like, a little house plant by, like, pruning its leaves and, like, controlling its root growth and, like, using wire to bend its branches everywhere. It's still respecting the tree and where it's meant to go um, and, and kind of its natural inclinations and respecting the fact that, like, The fact that it grew a branch here might actually be a beautiful thing. It's not necessarily a mistake. And not saying like, you know what, this bonsai tree, I saw sell sell on the market for like $5 million. I need to make that exact tree. That's never the intention, but that's always been... Isn't that kind of how we lived the first like... Or at least for me, the first like 20 years of my life Uh was looking at other people that quote had value and tried to be like them. And then in the process, it was the only way i could do that was about saying like i don't have value which is why i need to be like this other person exactly it's extremely toxic it's extremely toxic and i think for me one of the biggest ways that i've been able to get self-esteem just to reiterate is really by changing my behaviors to act in a way that reinforces the fact that i'm worth something
0: exactly. for example
1: not putting up with people who treat me badly in my personal life or standing up for myself and speaking up at work. These are all things that I would expect someone with high self-esteem or good self-image to do. And it's things; these are things that I would do for other people too because I see them as worthy humans and it's not something that I would have done for myself in the past and it's not something that I feel comfortable necessarily even doing now even though I'm trying to do it more and more. And I think for me that's been a huge learning moment is that and this is something that I actually, it's, it's a thought that I've been having for a while is that I think like we're made up of three main things. The first is our behavior, the second is our thoughts, and the third is our emotions. It's very, very hard to change our emotions, right? Like to say, oh, I'm going to be happy right now, or I'm going to be sad right now. It's almost impossible. But what is much easier to change is behavior. I'm not saying that it's easy, it's, but it's easier to change behavior. And I think changing behavior helps you change your thoughts. And when you change your thoughts and your behavior, I think it can slowly start to change your emotions. And that, that's been something that has really worked for me. And so I think when I think about self-esteem and how to build it and maybe how to get out of a depressive episode, it always comes back to that kind of pattern. Like rather than saying like, I feel depressed, like, let me change that. It's such a vague goal and it's so difficult. Like for me, it's been more productive to say, well, like let's change the behavior which is mm-hmm. like you know like get out of a toxic situation or start standing up for yourself like th- those are much more actionable than stop feeling depressed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think I think it really makes sense to me. Like I think you know self-esteem is such a complicated subject, and honestly, I think it maybe deserves its own episode and own podcast. But I think it's it's kind of like a positive feedback loop. Like on one hand, you can tackle the thought itself, which is like you know I like think of yourself as a tree, realize that, um, you know, you don't have to fit in, and actually, you know, actually just, you know, on that note, what you told, what you talked about, about how you were always trying to, like, morph yourself into somebody else, and, like, I think, you know, that was exactly how I felt, like, you know, to be honest, I've never really felt like I fit in anywhere, and, you know, even to this day, like, I think, even though I think now I've, I'm a little bit better about finding groups and people who I do connect with, I still really don't feel like I fit in with anybody or with anywhere like I think I am kind of I've always felt a little bit eccentric if that makes sense but I think now I'm just okay with it like I think I'm no longer trying to like you know put myself into any box that I'm not in you know like I find value in my uniqueness now and I'm not trying to be anybody else and so what you said about really just allowing yourself that space is so important and I think actually you know that's, for instance, why I put art and expressing myself through art as, like, one of my values. Um, just because I think that, you know, now uniqueness is something to be celebrated. But going back to, like, what you said about, for instance, um, the behavior influencing your action or inter- influencing your self-belief, um, I-, I would agree with that, too. Like, I think every time you behave in a way that – is in accordance with high self-esteem. So for instance, if you're sick, taking the day off work, or if somebody is like treating you badly, speaking up to them, or if, uh, you know, if you're overwhelmed by a job, taking the step back. Every time you have that behavior, it'll like improve your um, self-esteem because you're affirming to yourself through the behavior that you have value. And then basically that behavior will also then, as it improves your self-esteem, it'll also improve your depression, Um, Going back to like talking about how when you're depressed, sometimes you can't address the feelings directly. You have to address the behavior. Um, It got me thinking about like what are the real steps to, you know, coming out of depression. And I think one of them is really just to acknowledge that you're depressed. And, um, you know, I was I was reading like an article about how, you know, depression really comes from this prolonged stress over time and that When you're depressed, when people used to be depressed in the past, it was really a signal to them to like, you know, stop, to like rest, to, you know, go into a cave, to ruminate about their problems, don't keep pushing. And I think maybe the first step is when you feel depressed is, as you said, to just take a step back and give yourself some space and give yourself some rest in order to begin to process what in your life is bothering you. Um, how about you Andrew? Like how do you what do you think is like that first step in terms of coming out of depression?
1: I think that's a great question because it's something that I don't I don't really have an answer. I think it's been challenging for me in the past to accept the depression in a way that wasn't counterproductive. Like I think in the past when the child to go back to that analogy, when the child would get depressed, the bully would just yell at the child and be like why are you so demotivated and lazy and tired like can't you just perk up and be fun like like why can't we just be like positive and happy or whatever and so I think especially when the first signs of depression come creeping on and if for example when it happened most recently maybe a couple of months ago my initial reaction was you know double down on pushing yourself and maybe it'll just go away. And I don't, I don't think that was productive at all. I think, and maybe this is maybe this was your question, not necessarily how I dealt with it when I first started to feel depressed, but how I started to come out of it, was I started to stand up for myself, and it took a lot for me to do that. Mm-hmm. I remember even the reason that I decided to push back at work was because someone that I grew up with. Uh, and, and this is something I told you about I don't I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast but some someone that I grew up with a really really close family friend committed suicide uh, maybe like one or maybe two months ago now and that was like a moment in my mind that clicked that I was like you know what someone passed away very close to me like this is something that I need to deal with and then it, I said to my mom that night I was like you know what I'm gonna tell my work that I need to, I need to take a step back and take a little bit of time for myself. Mm-hmm. And it really took that to motivate me to do that because I think before I couldn't rationalize why I was upset. Mm-hmm. And so I needed that reason of, you know, someone in my like very close to me passed away in a traumatic way that I I could deserve to take a break. But I think mm-hmm. in the future I would try to not need an excuse like that to take a step back because while that was very hard for me it wasn't necessarily the thing that caused my depression at all i was very i was depressed way like long before that that was just one more thing that like kind of like added on added on to the burden and so i think Mm -hmm. in the future for me it would be about speaking up earlier and uh and just being there for myself a little bit more i think And this is something that I've been working on in therapy a lot too. Maybe a more positive example, maybe not about work, but I was, uh, I went on like a date with a guy recently. I don't think it went very well, but he was someone that I was texting a lot and he seemed like a really nice guy, but he just said a couple of things during the date that I didn't totally vibe with. And then I came home and I felt kind of bad about it because I was like, you know what, maybe he was right or uh and maybe just to give more context one of the things that came up for example was relating to the job and I was just telling him I was like oh yeah I'm kind of like looking forward to quitting my job and traveling and doing nothing like I've said on this podcast and he was like well no shouldn't you be like working really hard you're 24 this is the time to like carpe DM and like make your way and like find your success like I don't think you should be taking a step back right now and that was just one of the like maybe microaggressions that happened during our conversation that made me feel kind of bad because I was like well is he right maybe I should be doing that maybe I should be focusing on my career at this time in my life and then afterwards like I I kind of pushed back on that and then it, it kind of changed the tone of our conversation I think it was kind of clear after that point that maybe we were on different pages in terms of like what we were looking for in our lives and like maybe emotional acuity even and I came home feeling like, well, did I do something wrong? Like, maybe, like, he thinks I'm lazy or, like, like way too privileged or something like that. And my therapist told me, like, well, you should just send him a text and, like, express yourself and say, like, hey, like, I didn't like what you said because of X, Y, Z reason. And that was the first time that I even thought that that was really an option. I ended, I didn't end up sending that message, but... I think it was really important for me to hear from an authoritative third person like a therapist that that's actually a very valid solution mm-hmm. is when you feel wronged or hurt by someone just to speak up and tell them like hey I didn't appreciate what you said
0: mm-hmm. and see what
1: happens mm-hmm. and see what happens like they they won't necessarily react well to it but like it's more it's more for me to just express how I'm feeling and be honest about it and mm-hmm. so I think moving forward, I want to be more thoughtful about standing up for myself and yeah. recognizing when people are kind of putting me down.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think actually, you know, what you said about expressing yourself to 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 the guy that you went on um, a date with um, is something that you know I've thought about as well, um, especially just with regards to like my friends or family is um and not just with standing up for myself but also just being honest with other people about how you feel I think that can actually help tremendously in alleviating depression. Um just being honest and being like, hey, like I'm actually depressed. I think it can create like a deeper sense of connection with other people and also enable you to feel like less isolated and less alone in the situation. So I think like for instance, you know, when you express to your boss about you know, the loss that you recently had, um, I think that also enables you to feel like a deeper, or maybe it enables like some sort of connection, even though it might not be a great connection between you and the people that you work with. And I think just having, you know, that understanding, or at least just being transparent about it, whether or not they understand, I think that can also really help in terms of alleviating depression. And, and that's something that I felt, you um, I think beyond, you know, self-esteem and, and, and standing up for yourself and interpersonal relationships, really the cornerstone for me for depression has been therapy. I think, I actually think it's interesting because I think for me, for anxiety, I think a lot of like, you know, thought pattern shifts or, uh, behavioral changes or meditation has been helpful for anxiety But for depression, since it really started at such a young age for me, I don't know if this is your thoughts with anxiety, it was really therapy that helped me come out of it and, like, was, like, the cornerstone for me. I think I don't think I would be in the mental place where I am today without having gone to, like, you know, frequent and, like, regular therapy. So I think that, you know, was so instrumental. I think just having someone to challenge your thoughts Mm
1: -hmm. and to
0: process your past – and to like dig those skeletons out of your closet to process them and to challenge the way that you think about the world is so helpful and i think it also helps as we said before depression really comes when you build up problems over time and that's why like even now i continue to see a therapist even though i don't have like probably like not i don't have clinical depression And right now my anxiety is is manageable, although it does crop up from time to time. But I continue to see a therapist regularly because I just don't want those problems to basically go on for too long unacknowledged. Um, And having a therapist there just helps kind of like process things as they come up. So I'd say that has been one thing that's been very helpful. Um, And then a couple other things I would say that were very helpful. Uh, One is exercise. I cannot underestimate exercise. I think regular exercise as... Is, is very helpful in terms of feeling less depressed, um, like daily or at least five times a week. I think that's very helpful. And um, maybe the next thing for me is probably like setting short-term goals. Of course, sleep and, and eating, uh, making sure you're getting enough food and sleep. Those are also important. Um, but I think another thing that's maybe not talked about as much is, is setting short-term goals. It kind of goes with that you know, to bring it back full circle to, you know, the lack of meaning and purpose in life. For me, like, when I have some short-term goals that I'm working towards, I feel like I have some direction. So it doesn't have to be profound. You know, as you said, Andrew, it could just be like, I want to work at this job for a few more months and then take some time off. But um, just having something in the short term to kind of have and work towards helps. So for me right now, it's like, Um, finishing this project at work you know doing this podcast uh writing a novel I think I have these like shorter term goals that I'm not very like focused on the end result but they just help me give me some direction to my life so when I'm like I don't feel necessarily as lost and confused but I'm always open to you know reshaping those goals these are not set in stone these are not um things that necessarily have to get done i'm not gonna you know beat myself up if they don't get done or even think it's a bad thing necessarily i just think these are in the moment what i'm looking towards so uh those are maybe the main things that have helped me um and i think i guess this goes back to our first point um but i think social interaction for me it's not really even about the amount of social interaction but i think it's about the openness and honesty in my social interaction with other people that has helped um what about you Andrew like what would you say are maybe like the main things that have helped you come out of depression or treat depression
1: yeah I think to summarize the first would be like I mentioned changing behavior I think the second I mean honestly I agree with everything that you said right that changing behavior um exercise is super important um Expressing yourself to other people because I think that's about validating your emotions and uh, giving yourself the respect that – giving your emotions the respect that they require is – like, part of that is talking about them openly and freely. I think there's also just, like you said, all the small things in life that, that make every day a little bit more fun or enjoyable, like this mm-hmm. podcast for me. Um, and for me, I'm also taking a French class, which just gives my life a little bit of direction and meaning and purpose. And it's Mm -hmm. fun, too, because I feel like I am getting better at French. Uh, I've been taking the class for maybe six months now. And there's a huge difference in the way that I speak and how fluent I am um, just in kind of a short period of time. And I think that that's really reinforcing, too, is to realize, like, success and failure doing well at something is not really about who I am personally. It's more of a function of time and effort that I put into it rather than Mm -hmm. a value judgment on my intelligence or how able I am to do something in general. So I think that has been really helpful too. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, another thing that I would mention is reaching out to friends and family and relying on them for support uh, at at certain times in my life. Um, And I, I feel very grateful that I have friends in my life who are very supportive of me and they're almost like therapists in that sense um for example Nina on the phone is one of the first people that advocated for me quitting my job uh mm-hmm. and, and believed in me really and, and said like you can do anything else like why don't you find a job in coding or anything it's like anything right like why are you like banging your head against a wall um doing a dead end job that makes you unhappy and that's just it, it's so validating to hear somebody say that and it's something that i feel more comfortable believing now and that's been something that has helped me out of my depression so Finding good supportive friends who trust in you and believe in you and wouldn't say things like that guy that I went on a date with, like, oh no, that you shouldn't be doing that. Um, I, I think is super important. So I think mm-hmm. those are those are the main ones for me. I think changing behavior, doing small things every day that make you happy, finding really good friends and family that are supportive of you and there for you, and exercise and all those other kind of small physical things that you can do to make yourself uh maybe neurochemically more balanced I think Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's all it's all really important
0: yeah thank you Andrew I think you know we're coming up on the hour now and I think that was a great place to leave it off um for today I think you know this is such a complex topic and I think Andrew and I will definitely be touching you know self-esteem and maybe some of these self-care habits you know get out of depression in more detail in later podcasts and blog posts um So thank you so much for anybody who tuned in. And we hope that this podcast helped you um, just realize, you know, if you're going through something similar that you're not alone or if, you know, some of your friends or family have gone through something similar just to get some more empathy and understanding into what they went through. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week.
1: Thanks, everyone. Bye.